0: Welcome back, everybody, to Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. This is Jason Robertson sitting here uh, in Seattle in the afternoon and Jonathan Chang in Beijing in the morning. Uh, Good morning, Jonathan. Good to see you.
1: Uh, Good morning, Jason. It's great to see you again.
0: Yeah. uh, On the other side here, haven't talked in a while. The summertime is, you know, we've taken a little bit more of a staggering approach to putting out these podcasts. But it's, you know, we're still committed to long term gradual drip approach uh and uh we were just thinking it'd be interesting to talk in the late summer here about the middle Jiao, the Zhong Jiao, and some things we've been observing about middle Jiao. and jonathan and i were just talking about a couple cases recently so um jonathan i'm going to kick it off with you um a favorite subject of mine to kind of talk about and think through a work in progress for me is kind of what is the middle burner? What are the characteristics of the middle burner? And specifically thinking about maybe the spleen and stomach first and also liver later. So tell me a little bit about how you would just begin by saying, what is the middle burner? Like to a patient or to a new student, how would you start off that discussion?
1: I guess this is a topic that we often mention, right? That when we talk about like the triple burner, like the upper, middle, and lower jaws, um, how they all are different environments like very unique environments and that they regulate the each environment in a different way right so for example the middle jow you know or the jows in general the burn each burner it like maintains for example like the uh dr i would say like the acidity of that 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 compartment or like even the temperature um and also the kind of like things that will um you could say flow into that burner or flow out of that burner so like the middle jow or the jow itself or the jows itself are very important at kind of regulating that kind of environment, that internal environment in that each in the, in the compartment that's related to. So for the middle gel, we know that's a very unique environment, right? Compared to the upper or lower gels. So the middle gel, I think generally speaking, because it's obviously it's related more to like the spleen stomachs, more related to digestion. I think in general, we, we believe that it's, uh, in order for it to properly carry out its functions of digestion the middle gel should be warmer in temperature in general, right? And I guess you could say in terms of acidity, it's more acidic too, right? And that way it helps to kind of like break down the foods.
0: Yeah, and then there's those metaphors. I, I, I kind of use the word like microclimates. And then the mm. naging, you know, talks about the upper burner being a mist mm. and the middle burner being a pickling pot, an O, like a, a, a like a crock pot kind of thing, mm. and the lower burner being a ditch. So that's another way to think about these microclimates or the, the microenvironments that the organs are in. And so the middle burner, yeah, so... You're right. So the thing that seems to come up with my patients, and I think yours, and that's why you were thinking about it in the late summer, is this tendency of the middle burner, which should be warm, like a pickling pot, like you're making yogurt there, or you know, pickling mm-hmm. vegetables, and then you hit it with a lot of cold foods in this warm weather, and then it throws things off, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, just in the past few months, I think a lot of quite a few patients I've had with like gastrointestinal issues, especially quite a few patients with like stomach pain due to um Dietary choices, I think a Chinese medical doctor would not agree with, like eating lots of ice cream every day. Um, that lead, I had one patient with that, leading to like you know pretty chronic summer stomach pain. Uh, Another patient, pain yeah. like a cramping pain. Yeah, cramping pain. And um, this patient used to have that issue, and then for a while, I had told them you know about this, just kind of what we discussed about like describing what the middle jiao is and why it should be kept warm. And for a while, for quite a few months, that this patient, she actually you know she kept to like drinking warm fluids you know warm water and like having a warm breakfast and she had no stomach pain for a number of months and then the summer started and <laughs> she got into her she back to her ice wagon. cream kick yeah yeah <laughs> and started having stomach pain again the exact um, pain yeah. came back yeah 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 In the exact same region that she generally would have it in
0: so talk about the region where she had it how you differentiated it, and what you did
1: uh, so this is just, uh, so this patient I haven't seen for until, I guess, recently. So it's been quite a few months. So the pain, her pain was actually more in the, uh, right below the umbilicus. So it was in the um, region around like RIN 7, RIN 8, that kind of region. But when uh-huh. I was doing her uh, general like distal palpation, the uh, she obviously had more like hand and foot yaming channel changes. And her, um, and her stomach, when I was palpating, you know, because when we do channel examination includes also feeling for the temperature, right? So like I was, I was feeling the temperature of her stomach region and also the uh, area below the umbilicus, uh, the lower abdomen, and it was all cold. Like the stomach was much colder. And she also said that she generally speaking, her body feels cold and things like that. So I think um, what I did was just mainly like just, and oh, sorry. And since she started uh, eating all of that um, ice cream, daily ice cream, she started to have loose stools too. So she, everything was not, not properly being digested. So I basically used the three leaves. So large intestine, 10, stomach, 36. Oh, actually not the three leaves. I used large intestine, 10, stomach, 36, and then moxa at uh, RIN, 8. Because like the, the, the cold um, was- On the umbilicus itself. On the umbilicus, yeah. Because uh, like the cold was above the umbilicus and below the umbilicus was that entire region. So I was just trying to warm, warm that entire uh Yeah, so you it.
0: didn't differentiate like a clear difference in the cold above or below the umbilicus. It was like mm-hmm. the whole- Middle jaw or even into the lower gel, right
1: right, right, right and because the, the pain too is more centered in the lower just slightly below the umbilicus too right, like an inch or so, so uh, after while doing it, she was like it felt good, like the stomach felt better the the pain uh, improved uh, disappeared too, but this is just more of a recent case, so that was just like I think a few days ago but I've had other patients too recently with like one patient who was in Hainan in uh, like the Hawaii of China, and she was eating like um she blames her husband. The husband kept on giving uh, her fruit Yeah, fruit, and then not only fruit, but also lots of uh, seafood. They're eating seafood all the time. And then I guess their body tempers are, are different. So the, the husband prefers cold. So he had the AC on all the time. So it was really cold. And then she was cold inside, like the room was cold and then all the seafood was cold. So internally it was all cold. And then she started get, developing very severe uh, stomach pain um so this patient like i treated yeah it took i would say she's coming for about once per week for about a, a month or so this is more of
0: a chronic so, so. case or at least a worsening of a chronic issue but harder a little slower treatment maybe
1: too. i think she yeah she has a history of gastritis and then like it was okay for a while and then I see, uh and then when she came to see me like i guess after that's when she had just returned from hainan for about um for about four weeks So when she came back she had still had this like uh severe chronic uh uh, not chronic but severe stomach pain like her sharp pain and hers Um, was
0: where was it also below the umbilicus or
1: no her locate the pain was located it was different like the uh presentation was different too so her pain was more like sharp and it was Mm -hmm. kind of right of the uh rin-12 region so closer Mm -hmm. to like you could say it's on the stomach channel but on the right side so around the liver region too right so liver gallbladder area yeah liver gallbladder area too so like it was a sharp pain and she said it felt uh, cold, um, but it was mainly this. It was mainly pain, like a sharp kind of twisting kind of pain. Mm. Um, so I think for her, I, I also like I palpated her channels. It was mainly um, yaming and uh, like the large intestine, stomach channels, and also like the uh, gallbladder channel also had changes. So I think I mainly did um, like uh, large intestine uh, ten, stomach thirty six, and GB thirty four on the. Um, for her, and on then, the
0: affected side, on the right side.
1: I think I did for like the yumming I did uh, bilaterally the the Shaoyang. I think I might have done it on the right side, the affected side. GB thirty four.
0: Just one point. So that brings to mind a couple things that I want to ask about, and one mm-hmm. is the use of moxa at Ren eight. Yes. So backing up to that first case for a second, I remember yeah. Doctor Wong would often even do the you know salt in the umbilicus, direct you know like a yeah. and then cones. Maybe with ginger on Mm Renate. Do you ever do anything like that? Or how do you conceptualize? Maybe a more important question is when do you choose to moxa Renate? Besides, it's kind of a semi local point for that patient's pain. What do you think about that point as like its function? Does it have almost like a kidney, like a spleen kidney yang kind of personality to you? Or how do you think of that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. But I I think like there are a few ways we could try to interpret it. Like one is that. Um, I think when Dr. Ron talks about like, you know, abdominal examination, he, he talks about the umbilicus itself. He says it's related to the heart and small intestine. So like that region itself. Right. So it could be like when we do moxa, there maybe it hasn't obviously. it's, phys- like it's actual anatomical location is probably more closely associated with the small intestine. So in that sense, we could say in terms of digestion. It could have an effect on that, that part, part of the part colon of the digestive. System, yeah. 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 yeah the small but intestine. At, at the same time though, we. Dr. Wong believed that like this point or this region, the umbilicus, right? It's where the, obviously where the, the right. umbilical cord was attached to this part. So Dr. One believed like the, there's still remnants of the, the, the pathways between the, your mother and your, your, yourself, right? That still exists, like where those nutrients, the blood and stuff was transporting from your, your mother to, through your, uh, umbilicus. And then, so those pathways were provided those nutrients from your mother. Those, uh, there still exist. Yeah, so what we can do going by going
0: into the liver anatomically too, which is interesting yeah. to think about. So
1: then while doing that moxa, like if you do moxa, on, whether it's stick moxa or, or like the salt moxa thing, that it still can take advantage of those pathways that our body probably no longer uses anymore, but we can still take advantage of those pathways and improve like warmth to that to that region. So it um, has
0: that again, a maybe a little bit of a prenatal feel to it, or like a yeah the the lower burner personality of that person's pain, you know, maybe in a, like a TCM sense, we might even lean towards calling that like a, you know, spleen kidney yang deficiency kind of pattern, where you then think of Ren eight more than like Ren twelve, for example. Right, right.
1: Uh, that yeah. Another thing I should mention is that like so, Doctor, we do believe that this point, you know, mock said this is obviously very good at tonifying, right? It's a strong tonifying qi point, or returning yang back to the the dantian, right, to lower down into the body. Uh, so the patient did have signs of deficiency, too. Like her, her, her tongue was um, uh, relatively pale red, I would say. Hmm. It was like more pale, like less signs, more signs of deficiency. Her pulse was a bit more um, uh, deficient, too. And she said her entire body felt cold, too. So I thought that was, you know, also a sign of...
0: Yeah, we're talking um, about the first case, too. Right? Yeah, the
1: first case, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then the second case, you did not do MOXA at Rene. You didn't do any MOXA at all, right?
1: Not at first. So I think because like her pain was more like this very acute, sharp, like this really sharp pain. So my main goal at first was just to kind of alleviate the pain. Right. Um,
0: Using gallbladder 34 is to kind of treat the almost region, the hypochondriac region where the pain was focused.
1: Yeah. Right? I have to re-, re review the case, but either use large intestine 11 or large intestine 10. I forget which one, but in any case, and stomach 36. So then uh, after the pain decreased the later treatments, like maybe a few treatments later, I did, uh, moxa, like just locally in that area where that was cold. And that seemed to help a lot. She said, after that, the moxa, like, like, sorry, the, the sharp pain disappeared and after the sharp pain disappeared, then it was just this remaining kind of, uh, feeling of discomfort. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I started to do is just some kind of moxa in that area. And that seemed to alleviate it quite a bit. But actually, what I found was that the moxa, later I, I switched to, instead of doing moxa on the stomach itself, but I did moxa more on the, the back shoe point. Mm. So like, I think it was like the...
0: We're right behind the pain kind of it, like, you know, UB-20, P-shul area, or Wei-shul.
1: I think it like, so based on palpation, it was her, um, I don't know the number, so apologies for that, but the uh, gallbladder back shoe point and the stomach back shoe points have more sensitivity.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, P-shul, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, or Wei-shul, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so those UB21 two one area. Yeah. So those had more. So I think I did moxa on the stomach vacuum point, point. Um, yeah. and that seemed to help be, a lot. Uh, yeah. You'd be 21. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so in that case, you, when you say doing moxa, using stick moxa, right? Yeah. In just all out of convenience. Cases, yeah. Every bit of it. Right.
1: Yeah. I would just say out of convenience. Like, um, I just, it's easier for me to do stick moxa now at my clinic, than I guess I could do ginger moxa. I should, if I had more time, I probably do ginger moxa or
0: too. someone to help you.
1: Yeah, I don't have any assistance anymore during yeah. COVID, these COVID times.
0: <laughs> yeah, and in those cases, what I often do even is use topical, warm, external plasters that are usually mm-hmm. used for like musculoskeletal conditions and then an infrared lamp. Kind of mm-hmm. like the really busy person's MOXA approach too, instead of MOXA. Mm-hmm. But the best would be, but then you can put the lamp on, put the herbs on, leave the room, work on another patient. But either way, okay. that idea of getting this, this, so the meta theme here that we're talking about then back to the middle burner idea. One of the fundamental things dr Wong would also talk about um was kind of like differentiating the, the difficulty differentiating the spleen and stomach and he would point out you know as a yang channel the stomach's function is this fu hua that's kind of fermenting or that first step in digestion mm-hmm. and then the spleen is doing the more refined transformations to make you know, he called it hua qi transforming to create postnatal qi and you, and he said this one interesting thing that's really stuck with me, and I think you probably, I'm sure you remember it as well, is that, you know, if you're trying to differentiate between yangming and Taiyin kind of deficiency cases, like we have the three leaves that you're saying is useful to kind of warm the middle burner. One of the things to ask is about undigested food in the stool. And this right. idea, if there's a lot of undigested food, it's like the stomach, the yangming isn't even doing that first step in fermenting. And so there's no way the spleen can even get to the second step of creating postnatal cheese. So in those cases, mm-hmm. maybe you'd lean more towards the three lees. And then patients maybe with un, like loose bowels, but there's not undigested food, then you might lean more towards tygine. And that's been really useful to me over the years too.
1: Okay. Because I think sometimes also like the that kind of um, like the refined processing of digestive products, I think it's also, there's also a relation with the small intestine too, right? So like like the stomach we say is like the rough processing, right? Like breaking it down, generally speaking. And then the, the small intestine can also help with that refined processing too. So I think sometimes like um, I think like, I remember Dr. Warren, in some cases where there were patients who also did not have like completely digestive foods. Sometimes he would use like small intestine points to treat the small intestine too. So he so might use like a tie
0: There's the favorite question in all of acupuncture. When does yeah. anyone use the small intestine channel? So yeah, so he point?
1: wouldn't use the small intestine channel, but he would use right. the uh, stomach 39, Saajushi.
0: Oh yeah, I've got a love so, affair with that yeah. point recently. Yeah. So there's
1: a, a case in there, a case studies book where Dr. Wan used like pretty much a patient with like chronic, I think, uh, diarrhea whenever he ate cold foods. And Dr. One mm-hmm. did uh, moxa at spleen three. And the patient had mm-hmm. spleen channel changes, but then also needled stomach 39. And MOXA, and 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 Moxa
0: REN8 too. Yeah. Right. That's exactly it. That maybe I was about to say that's the case of using MOXA at ren for, you know, these maybe what we think of biomedically as kind of small intestine, which of course is the uh, certainly here in the United States, one of the hip diagnoses that a lot of people get is SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Okay. So maybe that's something to think about in these patients when there's cold. Yeah. I would say that there's probably these so called SIBO patients where it's not cold at all, where it's heat. Mm -hmm. But in these cold types, maybe REN 8 is an interesting way to get to that kind of heart, small intestine, kidney, tai Taiyang kind of interesting axis of the digestive system. I haven't thought of that. And yeah, stomach 39. Mm -hmm. So that brings up the case I was talking to you about. One other aspect of the middle burner. Um, I have this patient recently, and I was telling you before, and I don't know if many of the listeners may have this issue as well is, you know, maybe at some point if you have kind of a busy clinic going and Uh, and then patients who have like an acute digestive issue, maybe they aren't able to come see you. So the kind of digestive problems I tend to see more often are chronic digestive problems where people can get a rhythm of treatment. And of course, I'd try to weave someone in with an acute one, but this is kind of a chronic case that got significantly worse uh, after a trip. So definitely probably, and she said, related to eating. But her primary complaint was this severe, sharp pain on the lateral rib cage, like right at Dabao Spleen 21. You know, which is roughly at the sixth, seventh rib there on the side, like below the gallbladder channel, right in the midline of the axial line there. And it was quite a sharp pain that, you know, would, that would keep her up at night. And she'd been for all this imaging and everything looked fine. And the other symptom she had was um, loose stools, uh, pretty severe loose stools, and gurgling, you know, a lot of gurgling in her stomach, pale tongue. So it looked like a cold thing. But what I was noticing through channel palpation on her, which is really interesting, is yes, interestingly, she also had changes throughout the foot Yangming channel, stomach thirty-seven to thirty-nine. It gets very congested in that area. That could be heat or cold, but at least on this patient, that was very you, you could feel that lower hussy points of the of the large intestine and small intestine both congested. But also, like the patient you're talking about, gallbladder channel, gallbladder 41 was swollen in a series of lines of nodules between 41 and 42 on both sides of the tendon down there on her foot. Um, even she had that sense that some people get this on their lateral ankle around gallbladder, you know, 40 area on the side yeah. of the ankle near the source point. It gets like swollen and a little blue, like micro edema. Mm-hmm. She had that. And, so I've, and this is, you know, I, you know it's, I hesitate to put some of these things out, but I've seen enough cases where I think this, this concept has some validity. I'd say it's in beta form, but I want people listening to think about this, that, you know, when we study Chinese medicine, we think of the liver overacting on spleen, you know, wood overacting on earth from five-phase thinking. But in normal physiology, as Dr. Wong's talking about, the, the function of the liver is shu xie, dredge and drain, get things moving, move, you know, move the pathways of qi. And so you can imagine a case, and there's a variety of ways of looking at different digestive cases, from constipation, of course, being one, but other digestive cases where the liver is not moving the middle burner. It's not doing its Mm -hmm. job of, like, stimulating the middle gel. And so in this case, the point grouping I used with her was liver 3, liver 8, stomach 40 and then she lied she was lying on her side and you know lateral recumbent and i did once again those warming herbs right around spleen 21 with the lamp and i the formula i used was one jing tongue which is you know a formula to warm the menstrual cycle but it also Mm -hmm. warms the liver warms the channel Mm -hmm. and she's gotten you know it's slowly but surely but clearly better in the last couple weeks with that thinking so i i just kind of want to throw that out to you as well what do you think about that whole line of thinking about the liver and digestion
1: yeah, I think definitely, because I think, especially with these cases that we're talking about with this relationship, like, it seems like the root causes some kind of exposure to cold, right? So I think that, like, that cold can also not only can it affect, like, like, affects the middle gel, right? The ability of the stomach to properly digest foods or the spleen, too. But then I guess that cold can also affect the liver's functions, right? Maybe it slows the liver's functions, too, to properly dredge and move things, too. So, like, that, that overall general cold, maybe that can have that effect of, you know, like, Neutralizing the liver debate, and stomach together. Yeah,
0: that that ancient debate about whether the liver is in the middle or lower jaw. Right,
1: right, 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 right.
0: And maybe it's hovering between the two. So, yeah, so we've covered this idea of the stomach, the spleen, the small intestine, maybe the kidney, the liver, and it's all these different relationships to the middle burner. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes down to it, palpation helps a lot. Like I would have yeah. not ended up with liver three, liver eight as a, as a lead pair with that patient without noticing and palpating and also looking at the gallbladder channel. And I guess you could also say the hypochondriac region of her pain, whether it's spleen mm-hmm. 21 or around the ribs, that might make you think of liver gallbladder as well. Mm-hmm. So that's another way to come at that.
1: Yeah, I think um, I've, I've had like another patient too, like similar idea. And she had like, also the stomach pain was also on that right kind of, right of RIN-12, you know, also in that kind of liver, region like it's so even though it's on like the Yaming foot yamming channel region but it's also in the liver area too and she got her stomach pain after um, um first she was traveling in china so she was traveling around uh in qinghai and tibet and in tibet they drink a lot of that uh it's, i don't know how to say it properly but that kind of tea with i think they put the is milk it tea? butter or yeah some kind of milk tea or but yeah, maybe some tea. kind of butter tea so she's drinking a lot of that and then um she was fine there, but then she, it was colder, though, right? The climate there was colder. And then she went back to her hometown, which is in uh, Shendong uh, province. And then her parents just gave her, her grandmother gave her a lot of peaches to eat. So she <laughs> ate tons of peaches. She says she was like, just kept on eating on her cooler. peaches. I don't know, I but know. just yeah, just kept on feeding her like tons of peaches. Like she ate like five or six in one day. And then she suddenly developed this severe stomach pain, also in that that region, similar to that previous patient who went to Hainan and ate all that seafood, but also in that this region there. So uh, for her too, it's also like palpitations, also the yaming and then like this the shaoyang kind of pathology too. Uh, yeah, and she had loose stools. So I don't know. It was kind of interesting, but I don't know what was the treatment
0: you did with her. Do you remember?
1: Very similar. It was like large intestine ten, stomach thirty six, and GB thirty four. Um, mm. And then once her actually once her stomach like her stools got better she still had some slightly dis- slight discomfort in this area and then i switched it to the tying after so i did tying and shaoyang. because she had in, in general her her constitution is more like damp in nature so it's more like this kind of dampness like mm-hmm. she also had like her original issue when she was first uh seeing me for treatments was mainly like um uh like uh, what's it called vaginitis so a lot of itchiness in the the groin region with a lot of like um
0: like Increased vaginal
1: me. discharge, yeah, a lot of dampness. Damp. So for her, it was always, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So her was mainly like kind of like a taiyin kind of dampness kind of issue. So then once I, yeah, started using the taiyin and the shaoyang, like it helped to resolve the the latter stage of her uh, stomach pain. So the early stage was helped with like that kind of more acute pain was helped with using the yaming, and then the kind of lower later stage of the issue was mainly treated with the taiyin shaoyang because right, right, well, spring channel so also goes to go this region further right? yes yeah. you
0: have to talk about why xiaoyang a little more then
1: yeah because they uh i think because the location she oh yeah she she's similar to your patient that she had also had that kind of right side of hypochondriac pain too on the, the right side,
0: radiating even and you're pointing yeah yeah, the yeah. rib cage even for, yeah. further lateral and that in and, and general just for those who are listening because you don't have video jonathan is pointing kind of straight lateral to REN 12 a little higher up like sometimes people talk about the iliocecal valve or the small intestine you know, large intestine junction. And that's like a little lower at like stomach 27, 28, a little lower on the abdomen. We're talking about a little bit higher up areas of pain than that. And i patient, paci- sorry, thinking through that. Yeah, go ahead.
1: This patient too, in terms of her case history, she has, I don't know what's uh, in Chinese, they call it like, um, like she has problems with the gallbladder itself. Like she actually, she actually learned like this when she went back home recently that she has a family history of it too, that like she has a uncle who had his gallbladder removed. Uh, um, and also she has done like ultrasounds and they see that there's no, there, there aren't gallstones, but there's like, um, like grainy stuff inside Mm -hmm. the, uh, in the gallbladder. I have a patient wrestling
0: with that too. Yeah. In the duct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? The the term medical terminology.
0: It's like a, it was, it's like a common bile duct itis of some sort. Like, at least this patient I had. And again, this idea of, I mean, of course we have to remember liver and gallbladder internally, externally paired. So. There may be, in these types of patients, certain chances where you want to use Xiaoyang, certain times you want to use Zhuoyin mm-hmm. and Yangming. Mm-hmm. So palpation helps and questioning. And also, really, I guess from this discussion also, where the person is pointing to, what is their region of pain? Like use, I mean, abdominal pain is way too vague. Like, of course, it mm-hmm. seems ridiculously obvious, but figure out, is it more in the, you know, the rib cage? Is it more below the umbilicus? Is it above? Mm-hmm. You know, don't forget the obvious,
1: hopefully. Yeah. Uh, one second right. I think my uh, son just walked
0: in here oh no all he's right. over there
1: he's no he didn't okay. he's not walking he's just getting his diaper changed um I
0: pointed out to others your son who is now what is he 2? One, one. One, one just one yeah just turned one he and I have the same hairstyle we're passing each other in life in hairstyle his hair is coming in mine's coming out and we both have kind of a, a kind of a receding mohawk look so I really feel an affinity for <laughs> sean at the moment and i'd like to see him But you know before i let you go here but we don't have to make it part of the video or the
1: audio. Uh right. one thing uh, i was wondering yeah. is just for like um because because i do have like i think a portion of my patients are expats but also like you know so a lot of people they tend to follow you know what is considered a healthy diet right in the western approach so like eating salads and like cold stuff right in the morning so yeah 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 So, what do you generally say to these patients? We might have talked about this in a previous podcast, but
0: we did. And the advice is really simple that I found that people will take. uh, And I harp on this in a lot of different ways. I found that the one thing that you might be able to get people to change about all that is to to reshape their conceptualization of breakfast. And Mm you know, focus on at the very least like warm oatmeal instead of smoothies. Or if they, you know, if they want to have a smoothie, just have them conceptualize as creating a warm type of smoothie, like using oatmeal, Mm -hmm. which is what I do. And then adding a lot of things into the oatmeal, but then warming it all up. So you're, you're starting your day as I tell them, you know, by like not sucking all the energy out of your gut, by putting something lower than 98.6 degrees in it, putting something warm to put some fire in the system. And then, if people will make that one change then at least it gets their brain going and they feel so much better that it might make it easier to make some of these other dietary changes we described like i just found people Mm -hmm. at least think about breakfast it's hard to get people to make these Mm -hmm. changes yeah and we did talk about it but such an important concept
1: definitely and then so if you do have patients that um eat ice cream what do you say
0: (laughs) um I, I guess I would tell them to at least have ginger tea, warm ginger tea afterwards. I mean, you just—I okay. mean, if you can point out to people that their suffering is that they are victims of self-inflicted wounds, then maybe you can get them to make some changes. But mm. sometimes people, I mean, sometimes they, they just simply haven't thought of it that way. Right. And right, the other right. thing is put your hand on REN12. Like have people, like that area in a lot of these patients, not right at first when you touch it isn't cold, but sometimes if you have your hand there, it's like coldness comes up to meet your hand. And I can have patients sometimes feel that in their own abdomen and they're like, whoa, that should not be there. Like, why the heck is there cold in my stomach like that? So that's another thing is maybe like so much of what we do with palpation is if we can get the patient to feel that we're feeling things and get them to notice that they're not just lying there like a car being repaired at a car place, but they're like active participants in their own healing, that can help too. So having people feel REN12 is another thing. Yeah, breakfast. I don't know. What do you say? What do you do?
1: i say yeah similar things they try to keep a warmer stuff like sometimes i talk about trying to balance the cold with the heat right so like so if they are going to have a salad then at least try to have like a soup or something along with yeah. it like just so that you kind of maintain the temperature a bit warmer or have yeah have the ginger yeah. tea later after the ice cream. yeah 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 i had that one patient who went to hainan she's chinese but um I think because she had that crazy Hainan like seafood diet for a while and then she had that pain. So I, I remember like somewhere during the beginning of the treatments I had recommend, oh, you know, uh, cause I don't think she was following a proper diet too. So she was eating just normal, like Chinese food, you know, like it was a bit probably stir fried stuff, kind of greasier stuff. So I think that kept on irritating her stomach. So I was like, oh, wait a second. And like, she was always asking me, oh, can I eat durian and things like that? I was like, no, 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 no. And then like, so I was like, um, you know, just, have some you know kanji you know joe or you know eat some manto or stuff just something really bland um yeah. so she'd listen Especially but then breakfast again too yeah right? but then i hadn't seen her in like two or three weeks and like because i in my mind it was like i'd see her again like in a few days or a week and then you know by then like the something should be improving and then she could you know slowly if it got better then she could just slowly introduce other things just still a bland diet but like you know why like a more a varied kind of diet but I yeah. hadn't seen her like two to three weeks, so she, when I saw her, she had lost a lot of weight. She'd oh. only be eating like Joe, like kanji, and like Manto. Two weeks,
0: based on your. <laughs> two advice. or three
1: weeks, yeah, because like she's always like, "Oh, I can't make it today because I have this business meeting here. I can't." So I was like, "Oh, geez. I was like, oh, how's your? But her stomach is already much better by then, so I was like, okay, now you can start." She just had like...
0: stuck to the diet.
1: <laughs> yeah, she had actually listened to me, but
0: man, but I, forgot, over- I forgot because I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, that is a problem we would all like to have but it's pretty rare right like a person who takes your advice so seriously that they lose 10 pounds because of it and like (laughs) well then she thanked you also i guess just for that transformation or whole god right
1: yeah yeah she felt better like she was happy that like the um he felt much better especially after the moxa she was like oh after the moxa like everything improved like that residual kind of like discomfort had gone away like that sharp pain had gone away uh, relatively quickly but it's just that that residual kind of like discomfort yeah there. yeah that's because use r- of heat yeah.
0: whether it yeah be moxa mm-hmm. or external herbs or at least a tdp lamp or mm-hmm. yeah something on those areas like find the cold palpate the abdomen see where you mm-hmm. feel it was mm-hmm. definitely yeah that was a big part of my my recent case too
1: yeah but i found the back shoe points are very good at warming and kind of especially for these cases kind of warming and like probably warming tonifying balsam moving that dispersing too i think it was, it was pretty good
0: so that does bring up then when you palpated, you said around, you know, the the P the Wei Shu U B twenty one area on that, I think it was the second patient, you said you mm-hmm. found changes around U B twenty. Maybe, you know, before we finish here, what did you feel back there?
1: So both was like the like gallbladder tension? and stomach yeah. back shoe points. Yeah, it was like this just right at those two points, it was just like compared to like like it was all on the right side, the left side was fine. So yeah. on the, the side, yeah, the right side there was like uh that kind of tension, like the the muscle or you could say sinew in that area is way more uh yeah tense or like um and like narrow like the the actual channel space felt like it was more narrow and mm-hmm. then um yeah it's more tension exactly there and you're saying, yeah. then, and then pressing into it you could feel like there's like this kind of like um tension too right like when you push I'm fighting back into it yeah 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 like it didn't have that in general kind of soft kind of like depression kind of feel to it. It's like, yeah, there's like a And so you, too.
0: in those cases, to be clear, then you found that area, you found that tension, you found the heart of it, and then you did indirect moxa above it for like, yes, like yes, 10, yes. 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. And then pressing on it, just pressing directly into those points and then seeing what kind of reaction the patient would have, right? So she, at those two points too, she was also like, it was hypersensitive. She hated it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you did moxa and she liked it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's uh, one thing, like maybe I'll post it on the Facebook page and the Instagram page, but Jason also wrote an article, right, about the spleen and stomach relationship, which I'll, I'll post a link to it. Or Yeah, it's like, it, it, it was in
0: the Lantern a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, I think. Um, and it, it covers the, especially the spleen and stomach, middle burner, pickling pot concepts. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll put a link to that up there. All right. Well, uh, Jonathan, a pleasure as usual. Uh, We've got other ideas in the works we're stewing upon that we'll come to later. Uh, I'm going out to Yafim's place to spend a couple nights here tomorrow. So I'm going to see if I can get him to record a live one with me, but we'll see. And so uh, everyone stay tuned. We'll keep recording. Stay in touch with us. And I know Jonathan and I, we occasionally um, reestablish our dedication to making the channelpalpation.org website uh more current about upcoming classes <laughs> um i'm just gonna say that once again we are planning on doing that so keep checking that website yeah right they're. i think they,
1: are they website. still like 2019 yeah classes. They're still
0: like 2019 <laughs> classes but they're getting better we're still here we're still we're doing stuff wait for yeah, us to yeah. fix that too but follow yeah the facebook page probably is way more current about what's going on right, right. i have to update that uh, anyway. too okay yeah all right well thank you have a great day there in beijing and uh, i'm gonna go eat dinner uh in the fill the middle burner here in seattle. Okay.
1: Have All a right. have a good have a good dinner and uh we'll talk later. Talk again. All right. All right. Bye. Okay, bye.